0: Welcome to Females and Fine Fettle, from wiped out to wealthy. This is where conscientious women entrepreneurs and women living like a boss come to learn about balancing their personal and professional wellness with ease. If you have the enthusiasm, motivation, and grit to make it happen, then listen up every Monday. To be sure you don't miss an episode, sign up for weekly updates at femalesandfinefettle.com. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please don't apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctors. Now, here are your hosts, Ashley Rose and Dr. Michelle, functional medicine doctor, naturopathic physician, and East Asian medical practitioner.
1: Hey, what's up, listeners? Back with another episode and closing out November. I'm Ashley Rose, here with Dr. Michelle. Hello. So our November theme has been nourishment and restoration. So we got that going with an episode on making the most of winter, This time of year is beloved by many and also dreaded by many. The weather changing can bring on major cases of seasonal affective disorder, so we shared ways to get through the darker, colder winter months, hopefully turning that frown upside down. (laughs) (laughs) That was so dorky. Check out episode 17 for those tips. Next, Michelle offered great tips on getting your body or your baby palace ready for your wee one, even up to a year early. It's a super informative episode, even for those not planning a pregnancy. Good stuff to share with the ladies and gents in your life. I've even started taking chlorella since the episode. And if you don't know what that is and why it's good for you, check out episode 18. Last week, Michelle interviewed Mel from Mountain Mel's Essential Goods. She's an herbalist, outdoors woman, environmental educator, mom, and entrepreneur living up in the foothills of Mount Hood, Oregon. She shared her journey from herbal hobbyist to herbal entrepreneur, and if you haven't listened to episode 19, check that out because she's given our listeners a 20% discount to her store. This week in nourishment and restoration, we want to focus on womanhood and particularly the social perception of menopause. I have to acknowledge that I feel women have definitely been champions across all all U.S. and global issues, of which there are many. And I am loving our collective voice in shining a light on a slew of injustices, whether they be social, political, environmental, you name it. And we have even had to fight and march for the right to our own bodies, which is mind-blowing. And yet the call to action is very inspiring. Even if for you that means just sharing your views and spreading awareness and compassion with just your friends and family in conversation. So all that said, we are in a time where we are uprooting old-is-time misconceptions, misrepresentations, biases, and injustices toward women. And as heavy as it is, this conversation is needed. Menopause is a transition in fertility and a natural phase, as menses was when we were teens. And yet there is such a social stigma around it a period of a woman's life that in some cultures is looked at as a rite of passage or evidence of her wisdom. In much of Western culture is looked at as a sort of end of femininity, the symptoms of which should be masked by medications. But we're here to tell you this is total BS. And we're going to spend this episode diving deeper into this topic and why when the changes at midlife occur for you, you should truly look at it as that midlife. There is so much more of your amazing life to be lived and so much to offer this world and your community.
2: Yes, as women, I think it's safe to say that we tend to experience the medical world from a very unique perspective because over the decades, there have tended to be a lot more male physicians who didn't necessarily understand the intricacies of being a woman. For example, it's not uncommon for women to bring up concerns to their physician and feel dismissed or treated as if they're complaining. I specifically use the word complaining because that's typically how it's received in the conventional medical world. We're complaining about issues that we are often told are not even present, right? And then we're given a pill in one form or another to help, quote, fix us. This might look like the birth control pill to fix our hormones, an antidepressant or anti-anxiety med to fix our mood, or even a pharmaceutical grade methamphetamine to fix our mind. At this point in time, and forgive me if I'm living in an ultimate bubble, <clears throat> but it's fairly common knowledge that pharmaceutical companies, or big pharma, play a huge role in the diseaseification of not just menopause, but of so many conditions that both women and men experience. From my perspective, I can totally see how our society is addicted to this pop a pill and feel better mentality. It's easy, right? It's quick. It's seemingly cheap. I say seemingly because there's the whole other issue surrounding health insurance and whether or not that actually makes care affordable, but we won't be getting into that here. Perhaps we'll touch on that at a later um, or future episode. But back to popping pills, the thing is, it may or may not actually help the issue you're hoping to solve. In fact, there was a study back in 2007 in the British Medical Journal, which at the time of this episode is already 10 years old, but Regardless, the study reviewed 2,500 pharmaceutical treatments and found that 13% were found to be beneficial and 46% were classified as unknown whether they were effective or harmful. <laughs> Where my mind actually goes is wondering what the long-term outcomes actually are because this doesn't even take into account all the collateral damage done to um, things like our kidney, or liver, and our digestive tract. Wowza, right? Yeah, that's nuts. And I feel like the same thought
1: process to pop a pill goes for contraception too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I support birth control 100%. Do it if it feels right for you. But when I was a teen, even I just started taking the pill because that's what I knew to do. Honest declaration, though, I knew I was taking estrogen all those years, obviously, but there was a disconnect between that fact and what effect it had on my physiology and natural hormonal state. It wasn't even considered until I was nearly 30. So I feel like the same may be true for many postmenopausal women experiencing a very real hormonal shift. Pop that pill to solve the problem. And I say that with air quotes. (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) thanks for bringing up the pill, Ashley. I personally am not a fan of the pill for numerous reasons that all surround health and wellness. I do, however, completely support our right as women to have full control and say about anything related to our body. So I'm all for more natural ways of contraception. Aside from the fact that pharmaceuticals, specifically synthetic hormones, are targeted towards women for their anti-aging effects, I find that it's rare that clients are provided full, informed consent about the risks of taking hormones. And this goes for any type of hormone therapy for menopausal symptoms or the birth control pill, like Ashley mentioned. Um one of the major risk factors with synthetic estrogens is the formation of blood clots, which is a serious issue because it can lead to heart attack and stroke, among other complications. Aside from all this pharmaceutical business treating menopause as a condition rather than a natural transition, is that society plays a huge role in supporting that idea. As women, we've all seen it or heard it or witnessed it or even felt it. There's this sense that as women age, we lose something, whether it be our body, our looks, our stamina, our memory, our hair color, our libido, or even a little height, which I don't have a lot to work with (laughs) to start. So anyway, the (laughs) fact is, It's typically associated with things that we tend to fear, right? Yes. The words
1: associated with menopause are so bleak and even shame-inducing. There's enough negative backlash to contend with in our culture by simply aging, which is inevitable. And women also have to deal with this negative perception of yet another change in life they can't control. Psychosocial influences are important to consider in regard to how women approach and respond to menopause.
2: Exactly. So... In an effort to flip that script, um, what about shifting that focus and emphasizing the things that we've gained, what we've accomplished, how we've evolved as a woman? the communities that we've touched, the people we've cared for, the children we've birthed or the businesses we've launched. Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, And as ever, I think the negative perception of menopause and many misconceptions across the board come from the regurgitation of misinformation. So if this year has shown us anything, it's that we as women and the men who support us as equals have the ability to start the conversation and create a dialogue to represent the truth of what it is to be a woman. This change in life can give you the opportunity to look back at, like Mish said, the life you've lived, your successes, your personal growth, and how you've evolved as a woman. This is something to be very proud of. And if you're lucky, you can spend 50 plus more years sharing all your wisdom, insight, and capabilities and modeling for younger generations what being a badass woman can look like. Those whom I am constantly enthralled and inspired by.
2: Yes, exactly. There's something to be said about menopause as a transition, and it's time to start positioning it as a rite of passage, an age of wisdom and empowerment. We need to give it the respect it truly deserves. The root meaning of menopause in English stems from the Greek language, like many other words, but it means month cease or stop kind of referring to stopping our monthly periods or menses. So if we think about menopause in other cultures around the world, we can actually see a totally different perspective, a more positive one. For example, in Japan, The word for menopause, which I'm not going to attempt to say because I don't want to botch it, but it translates to something like the season of renewal or regeneration years, which is pretty awesome if you ask me. On top of that, many indigenous cultures around the world like the Maori in New Zealand and the Iroquois Indians elevate these women to spiritual leaders, some serious power and status. I mean, who better to seek advice from than a woman who has been there herself? Agreed. End of judgment. <laughs> We're out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think that that speaks a lot also to how different cultures value their elderly as it stands and like what a family looks like in varying cultures. So is your family tight knit or is it more of like a ragged nuclear family? Postmenopausal women need support. And this is where family or your chosen family sets in. Whatever your situation, knowing that this change in life is unavoidable, educating and preparing ourselves in advance will be hugely beneficial to us. Just like with preparing your body for a child, preparing your body for menopause even 10 years early is a win-win. So in case we haven't emphasized this enough throughout our other episodes, be sure to work with someone who can look under the hood, so to speak, and consider checking your thyroid and adrenal health. Work with your care team to make sure your nutritional needs are being met. Get into yoga as a way to manage stress. For some, yoga poses might even help to reduce many common menopausal symptoms like hot flashes, mood swings, and sleep disturbances start some sex therapy with your partner now to create or maintain
2: that essential intimacy. Yeah, those are great recommendations, Ashley. I work with many women entering the perimenopausal phase of life and beyond, and there are a lot of factors that we can explore to make that transition a smoother one. Even though our mindset and our culture play a huge role in how we experience menopause, there are definitely certain supplements and therapeutic nutrients that can help with the very very real and sometimes debilitating symptoms that might occur during that period of our life.
1: And there is so much literature out there. You can join a women's group or start one yourself. Open up about your experience and listen to women who have been through it. Grow your tribe and create your dream team of support. Be sure to visit femalesandfinefettle.com and click on episode 20 to grab your freebie. This week, Dr. Michelle has put together a toolkit with helpful and healthful recommendations on how to seamlessly transition into your season of regeneration. Be sure to check it out.
2: Hey, it's Dr. Michelle, and I cannot wait to meet you back here next week. In episode 21, we'll be talking about how to make the most of next year by purposefully planning for 2018. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of your week. Bye for now.
0: Thank you for listening to Females and Fine Fettle from Wiped Out to Wealthy, a podcast to fit your lifestyle. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at femalesandfinefettle.com. If you have questions or topic ideas for upcoming episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please be sure to tune in next week.